Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to episode number 56 of the Giant Take Podcast. New York Giants lose a heartbreaker on Monday Night Football. Your emotions are going up, then down, then up, then down, then up, then down, then up, then down. Um, Episode 56, again, Giant Take Podcast. Let's go. I'm going to say it a third time. Welcome to episode number 56 of the Giant Take Podcast. I'm Josh, always joined by my co-host Alex. We are here today uh, on Tuesday, Election Day, going from one heartbreaker uh, to another one. Um, I think that this is a very scary you know, time because we had to go from the New York Giants game on Monday Night Football with an awful loss to just today, it's going to just be insane and crazy the whole day. Um, so, But the, we're not getting into politics on this podcast. Let's just, let's just say that. The New York Giants lost 25-23. to 23. Um, Buccaneers won this game. If you didn't know, Giants fans, which I'm sure you do, Daniel Jones had two interceptions, two forced throws. Um, I tweeted it out. It was awful. What, a, a, a better and worse game for the Giants, better game for the Giants defense this season, a worse game for the Giants offense this season. Alex is also here, if you didn't know. Alex, how are you? I'm not doing well. I mean, it's just pathetic from Daniel Jones at this point. It's two mistakes, right? Those two interceptions. I know I'm getting right into it without even talking about it, but I'm that upset. You, Those two interceptions... They're very similar. They weren't very different at all. They were both Daniel Jones trying to do everything himself. And sometimes you've got to either take the sack or you've got to throw it away. And he just doesn't seem to be able to do that. He did it once at the end of the game in that final drive. But otherwise, he wasn't able to do that. And I think this game is on him. I, I don't think there's, you know, Giants fans can talk about, oh, it was they shouldn't have picked the flag up. That's not the point, though. We should have won this game. You know, we shouldn't have won this game because the Buccaneers are a better team. But based on our performance and their performance um, and our opportunities, we should have won this game. 
And we shouldn't need the excuse that, oh, come on, we could have gotten that two-point conversion and could have gone to overtime. That That's not the point of this game. Because, you know, the Giants aren't making the playoffs. I'm sorry to break it to the Giants fans who thought they might. But I think this was a game to prove that Daniel Jones could go up against one of the top defenses, especially one of the, uh, you know, best pass rushing defenses. I mean, run uh, run defense defenses. Sorry about that. Um, and, you know, and hold his own. And he needed to pass the ball um, a lot more often than maybe he usually would against a team that's weaker against the run. And I think Daniel Jones, yes, on that final drive, did he take the Giants all the way down the field? Yes. But it's this key error, um, these key er- errors, actually, because he's throwing multiple interceptions a game. And it's just something that I'm going to make a bold statement here, but if Colt McCoy was the quarterback that game, I think we would have won. Yeah, one more thing going on to the election day is uh, vote Skinner Pennick because their one plan is to move the change. Uh, move the change, move the chains. And their next plan, their future plan, better be to get a new quarterback if Daniel Jones keeps on throwing an interception every single game. And I would like a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields on the New York Giants right now, please. We do have the second pick in the NFL draft. Do I have to talk about this right now? Do we have to do 2021 NFL draft previews halfway through the season week eight? I don't know. What are we going to trade for a quarterback? Giants aren't doing anything here at the trade deadline. Trade deadlines today. What are we doing? We're not doing anything. You think Gettleman's going to make a move? Gettleman, Dave Gettleman, the GM that's probably going to get fired at the end of the season? He's not doing anything. Daniel Jones has been so inconsistent this season. He's a love-hate player for the New York Giants. You love him half the time. You hate him half the time. And when you hate him, you hate him. It's unbelievable. I can't watch it anymore. I talked about how inconsistent he was. I talked about how he's... Uh, when Alex, you know, made that, has Daniel Jones regressed this season? I said in our interview with Matt Verderon that he regressed. I took it back the next episode. I get it right back now. I'm going to say he regressed again. I, I, I don't know what to say anymore. I, I just don't. So you're the Giants on the trade deadline right now. I know I'm going to make a bold statement here, but I think you go and you make an offer to the Dolphins for Ryan Fitzpatrick. I know that sounds silly, but a guy with experience, yes, he, you know, is not consistent, but I think you need someone in there, um, you know, who can take the heat off Daniel Jones, because I don't think he's capable right now of being, sorry, I'm voice cracking as we speak right now, I'm that upset. I don't think he's capable of being the quarterback of the New York Giants. I think, you know, it wasn't just the interceptions yesterday, right? He was overthrowing many, like, deep passes, which is something that we haven't seen him do before. He was, you know, throwing balls a little bit high. He was missing his targets. That's not something we've usually seen. And I think that's something that's also worrying. Um, his completion percentage wasn't very good yesterday. So I, it just doesn't, you know, I, I don't know exactly what to say because he has – you know, as much as Giants fans complain that he doesn't have any weapons, right? But Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard is pretty decent, right? You know, Sam Darnold would be begging to have them. So I think you've he's got to take advantage more. And the Giants' defense kept us in that game. The Giants' defense is stepping up time and time and time and time and time and time again. But the offense just can't keep them off the field. The offense keeps going off the field, whether it's a turnover, 
and the defense has to come on and try to make another big stop again. And you just can't expect them to do that throughout the entire game. And, you know, even the Giants' defense, they caused a turnover, right, a fumble. So I, I, I don't know what you expect from them. They just need their quarterback to get better with decision-making. And I don't know what you do about that because he throws that first interception, right? Jason, you see him sitting next to Jason Garrett with the, with the iPad or the Surface or whatever they're looking at. You think that he doesn't realize what the same mistake is and then does it, what, maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes later, maybe the next half. I, like, I can't even remember at this point. It's so frustrating. But he does it in the same game. The same exact pass. It's it's almost identical, actually. It's does he not like is is he not able to register, you know, his mistakes? Like I don't really understand. At least we didn't see a fumble today, but I mean that that shouldn't be the standard for Daniel Jones. I if we see a game without a turnover, then maybe uh I'll change my mind. But the interceptions are starting to be a problem in the decision making. Um and he doesn't have to do it all himself. We have capable players on offense. Two things. Uh, first thing is going to be, I I just can't believe that we have to clap it up for Daniel Jones when he throws the ball away. That is not the ESPN broadcast has even said, and you know they were. I always get annoyed when you're losing and you're the Giants and the broadcasters are always you know making comments. Russell Shepard got a got a, a celebrity shout out on that instead of Sterling Shepard. They said that wrong and. Giants fans on Twitter were going crazy about it because, you know, we're losing, we're pissed, we have nothing else to think about. So let's talk about Russell Shepard getting called out, um, which I get it, I understand. But um, they gave Daniel, you know, they were saying, I forget who that was on the broadcast, um, but they were saying, look at this, you know, Daniel Jones threw it out. Like, And then the other guy was like, oh, wow, you're complimenting him on that. And he's like, yeah, we haven't seen this all game. It's unbelievable. Why are we why are we jumping up for joy and clapping when Daniel Jones it's 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 crazy uh, you know when he throws it out um and then when he throws it out of bounds and then my my second point is going to be um I when I was going to bed because I was just so pissed I I, I was done uh, I turn on WFAN the um Giants post game show who is hosted by a few guys that we've had on the podcast before Lance Meadow John Schmelk uh, guys like that, and and Schmelk went to Joe Judge's press conference, and you know someone asked the question, and I forget who it is because we've also had some beat writers on. You know, it could have been for all I know, you know Jordan Ron or something like that. Um, but I, I don't know who it was. Could have been Pat Leonard, but anyway, um, the person asked, you know, obviously Daniel Jones has not been getting the message that you've been telling him every single practice, which is you know, take the ball and throw it away or take the sack and a sack is better. I, I think it was actually, um, whatever. I think it was actually Pat Leonard who asked the question and he's, and, and he was saying, take a sack and live another day. You know, how are you able to coach Daniel on Like, you know, as we know, Joe judge gives those cop out answers and it pissed me off so much because Joe judge was like, Oh, we're just going to keep on telling him. And maybe it, he didn't say maybe it'll click, but he's like, we'll just keep on coaching him keep on coaching it like just a bs answer and it just pissed me off so much because i i get it you know there's nothing else he could say uh and then he goes on with the statement that everyone was quoting daniel jones is our quarterback daniel's our quarterback he's our quarterback 
I, I just don't understand. I mean, I understand you can't really say anything else. But Judge is now 1-7 and seven in his first year as an NFL head coach. Uh, we didn't expect to win this game. We actually expected to lose by double digits. But to give us hope like that, and then we lose it. And we'll get to the flag. Oh, don't worry. We'll get to the flag. But that just annoyed me even more. That added fuel to, to my fire, I, I would say. So for me... You know, looking at our record of one and seven, but six of our eight games that we have played this season have been one possession games. And many of them have been one, two, three point games. And I think you've just got to think who, you know, who's responsible for that exactly, right? Our defense has been playing well. And I think Daniel Jones has to take some of the blame. And I, I, I'm not upset that Joe Judge is saying that. I'm not as upset as, as you are about it. Because I don't think he has any other choice. What's he going to do? Field, you know, Colt McCoy out there? And, you know, Dave Gettleman is the, still the general manager. So, you know, he can't piss him off either. So it's just like, it's hard, you know, position for Joe Judge. And obviously he wants to keep confidence in Daniel Jones. So I think it's a tough situation for um, Joe Judge. So I'm going to give him a break. And I think he actually... You know, the fact that we were so close against the Buccaneers just shows, you know, he's a pretty good coach, and I think it's just unfortunate the piece he has around him. Um, But, you know, speaking of Daniel Jones, you can talk about how, you know, he drived us all the way down the field um, for that last drive. But if you remember that fourth down, he got lucky. He threw the – he was about to get sacked. He just threw the ball in the air, and he was lucky that Darius Slayton somehow managed to grab it and brought it for a first down. He he's that wasn't he didn't carry us down the field. I would say that Sterling uh not Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton saved that drive. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say that he even had any bright spots in today's game. There was nothing really that gave me hope that, you know, this guy, yes he makes mistakes, but he could be our franchise guy. I I, I it's getting slimmer and I've always been a proponent of Daniel Jones. I've always thought, you know, let me let me back him, right? Let's give him a chance. But we're a year and a half um, worth of football into his NFL career, and the same mistakes are popping up, and new mistakes are also popping up, and that's just something that you cannot have um, as a sophomore quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, and to what you were saying earlier, um, you, you ran out of tweets to tweet, Alex, with the defense. You're like, another Giants drive. Uh, let's hope the defense steps up. All right, I just said it again. Let's let's see if the Giants defense can do it once more. It, it, it's unbelievable that we let – I mean, it, it's crazy. It, it really is. And I think, you know, what, what we have to go to now, um, and I think I already mentioned this, I, I guess Daniel Jones is our quarterback, uh, and and I'll I'll stop it after this. But um, I guess Daniel Jones is our quarterback for now. Um, I guess we'll start talking about the draft later uh, this season. But for right now, Daniel Jones is our quarterback. We have to trust him, and we'll, let's go to the let's go to the end of the game. Or Alex, do something before that. So just before we go to the end of the game, because I feel like let's just wrap it up with that, because I don't think that's even the most important aspect of the game, to be honest. Um, because it's not the win or loss, right? It doesn't matter at this point, right? It doesn't. I think that some of the decisions by Jason Garrett on offense were questionable today. His call, his play calling. I thought Alfred Morris was on the field a little bit, not even a little bit, way too much. 
in my opinion. I'm not sure if you feel the same way, Josh, but I feel like when Wayne Gallman was on there, he provided some explosiveness that, you know, Alfred Morris just doesn't have, or at least doesn't have anymore. Um, so I, I don't really see what he was doing in the game. It, it was in general, and, uh, you know, defensively, we saw so much Isaac Yadam. It gave me a heart attack throughout the entire game. He had that one good play, and I had to give him a break for that, where he was able to um, kind of tip the ball away from the receiver. That was good coverage, but that was his only good coverage throughout the entire game. Ugh, Isaac Yadam is so bad. James Bradbury even uh, had a couple pass interference calls, was getting beat quite a bit by Mike Evans um, when they were playing man-to-man. So that's definitely something to be a little bit concerned about, but overall he was pretty solid besides that. Um, and it's it, it's definitely difficult um, you know, to take any positives out of the game besides – Blake Martinez, that defensive line, Leonard Williams, really getting in there and disrupting Tom Brady, um, especially in that first half where they really couldn't get anything going. So I was very happy to see um, our defense. And you know, we were talking about would our defense be able to give any pressure to any you know quarterbacks this season because we have no real pass rusher. Marcus Golden's gone now. We have Kyler Fackrell. We have uh, O'Shane Zimenez. We have... Uh, Lorenzo Carter, he's gone now. Um, you know, we, we don't have any big pass rushers, but I think that interior pressure that we're getting with Leonard Williams, with Dexter Lawrence, with Dalvin Tomlinson, and Blake Martinez maybe once in a while coming off the edge or coming through the inside really gives like a um, a decent amount of pressure, I feel like. And if our secondary, which so far has been reasonably okay at holding it up, excluding Isaac Yadam, um, yeah, I think we're we're in a decent spot defensively. And even Devontae Downs um, had a good game today. I thought he had a couple uh, good tips of uh, tight ends. And just in general, I thought he was uh, pretty decent today. Going to the offensive line, I'm just going through the whole team now because why not? Um, unless you have anything to say about the defense first. I have no idea where this is going right now, so I'm just going to let you carry it. All right, I'm just going to go on. Because I, I have a lot to say. And, you know, a lot of people maybe want to listen to me. Maybe we'll see. Um, and <laughs> so offensive line, right? We saw Shane Lemieux get his first start. I thought he was pretty solid overall. Um, Kevin Zeitler, I mean, he had one uh, holding call, I do believe. Um, but nothing too extreme. Andrew Thomas did give up another sack, I believe. Um, and he was playing against JPP, who we know very well, um, who thought he was the boss this game. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't, you know, our run game was pretty successful when we had Wayne Gallman in there kind of faltered out towards the end of the game, but overall there was a lot of positives from this game. And it was really, what I'm trying to get at here is that really it was just Daniel Jones who let us down. All right, Alex. We'll get in, we'll get into the stat that you that you love right now. Uh, you written you you wrote an article about it. So Daniel Jones now has thirteen turnovers in eight games this season. All right, um, <laughs> it comes down now to a two point conversion that would tie the game. Golden Tate, nice ta- uh, nice touchdown. Uh, he's he's telling the camera to throw him the ball. Golden, chill out, bud. I want to trade you. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, no doubt in my mind, Golden Tate does not have a, I don't, I don't care. I don't care if he proved me wrong with that touchdown. That was a perfectly paced, pa- perfectly placed pass. 
by Daniel Jones. What I'm talking about with that love-hate relationship because I was hating him until that point. And then I'm like, oh, well, uh, good throw. You know, what do you, what do you want me to say? I don't really know. Um, Two-point conversion. Buccaneers called timeout. Good job for them. They wanted to see what the Giants will run. Daniel, uh, Daniel Jones and the New York Giants come back down. They're obviously very confident in this play because they run the exact same thing again. Wayne Gallman is under, uh, is under I, I, I guess, to the right of Daniel Jones in shotgun or to the left. I think it's to the left. Uh, then he cuts right, goes upfield, um, just about on the goal line, pass to him, and it is dropped. Oh, wait, there could be a P.I. call. You look, and the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers defender was not looking towards the quarterback, towards the ball before he ran into Wayne Gallman. Everyone thinking it's a P.I. Deion Lewis, sorry, it's just one quick thing. <laughs> oh, yes, it was Deion Lewis. I apologize for that. Um, I'm too th- busy thinking about how good Wayne Gallman did in this game. But um, <laughs> anyway, yes, Deion Lewis that whole time. I don't know if I was I switching off of Wayne Gallman and Deion Lewis, or I said Deion Lewis that whole time, or I said Wayne Gallman that whole time. Which one? Did I, I think do? you said Wayne Gallman the whole time because you were talking about Wayne Gallman before. But you know, whatever. We'll just go in. It was Deion Lewis, and we're going into it. There was a flag thrown. Josh, tell the refs. Yeah, so we think it's PI. It's pad interference, past interference, uh, and they reconvene. You know, they meet together. Obviously, we know now that uh, past interference is not uh, is not a, a replay reviewable. I guess you could say I don't even know if that's the right wording. Uh, it is not reviewable anymore. So you would think once you throw the flag, and I hate this with referees. If you're going to call something, call it. Uh, of course, I'm saying this now because it went against us, and I'm sure I would say the opposite if it didn't. But I am saying it. It's annoying when a ref is going to call it. They have the best view of of the play happening. You you have enough confidence because some you know referees that we've seen against the Giants they have their hand on the flag and they don't throw it. They don't feel confident in it. He felt confident enough to throw the flag up and then reconvene with his with his colleagues and then make the decision that the that the penalty did not count. That's what pisses me off. Um, you can go either or on the call. I I still don't even know. You know, it's a day after the game, and I still don't even know if that's pass interference or that's not pass interference. Um, they're, they're, you know, uh, a rules official on ESPN said that it was originally. Then they watched a highlight of it. Then they said, oh, there, there was fine. So, you know, you can agree to disagree. I don't really know. Um, but I do want to get in some, into some quotes. This is Joe Judge talking about it. He said, I thought Nate Jones made the right call. When he threw the flag, uh, Joe Judge said, I'm not sure why I, it got picked up. Uh, we had a pretty clear view of it. I know they can't use the Jumbotron for replay. I thought Nate, who Nate Jones is the referee, threw the flag. I thought Nate made the right call for the first time. Normally, first instinct is right, which you know Joe Judge is right about. That's all I'm going to say about the officiating. officiating. Uh, I know it's gonna, going to be, wow, I'm having really trouble reading this quote. I know it's going to be a lot of follow-up questions to that. I'm just going to say very clear. uh, I'm going to be very clear and conscious about their right there, about that right there. Wow. Um, But as as you can tell uh, from when Joe Judge was leaving the field, I don't know if you if anyone saw that. I don't know, Alex, if you saw that. But Talk Giants did tweet out that uh, as he was leaving the field, Joe Judge was screaming, "That's an effing joke." Uh, two times or three times for the rest when he was leaving the field. So, you know, is what it is there. He obviously isn't going to say uh, any of those curses to the reporters. So, 
But, um, yeah, so that's what it came down to. That's what we were waiting for, I guess you can say. Yeah, and, I, and I didn't really have much on that, but it was just a heartbreaker, man. The, coming down to that two-point conversion and just the, the way it ended was, was, was very bad. Uh, one thing I do want to say, though, is I guess the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense has been ready for Daniel Jones and his interceptions uh, for the last few years, having to deal with Jameis Winston in practice. So I'm sure they got some experience from him, and now they used it against Daniel Jones in this game. Yeah, I don't even know what to say. Again, like I've said 50 times already, the you know the two-point conversion, as much as you know, we can get angry as uh, at it as Giants fans and kind of point the finger at that, that's not the point. Um of you know why we lost the game to be honest uh we just have to move on next weekend is washington uh a winnable game in my opinion <sighs> hopefully we get a win i i don't i don't know what to say yeah let's just get into the stats real quick i'm not even doing the buccaneers daniel jones went 25 for 40 for uh out of 41 256 yards i'm struggling here Two touchdowns, two interceptions. Wayne Gallman, 12 carries, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Alfred Morris, like Alex said, he had eight carries in this game. Just unbelievable. Promoted from the practice squad this week due to the Devonta Freeman injury um, and just doesn't have a role on, on this team. He shouldn't have a role. He does have a role, apparently, according to Jason Garrett, Joe Judge, and you know the coaching staff. So interesting. Uh, eight carries, 28 yards, and then Daniel Jones had three rushes for 20 yards. Uh, receiving end of it, Sterling Shepard had eight receptions for 74 yards. Evan Ingram, five receptions, 61 yards. Had a catch that was similar to the game against Philadelphia. The broadcasters capitalized on that one. This time he caught it, though. Would have been better if maybe he caught it last week. We could have sealed the win, but okay. Uh, Darius Slayton, five catches for 56 yards. And then the irrelevant Golden Tate, two catches, 31 yards, and one touchdown. Um that's rude, Josh. The irrelevant Golden Tate? I don't want him on the team. Trade him. I don't care. Fourth round, fifth round, get him out of here. Seventh round? No. Jabil Peppers had the most tackles with 10. Blake Martinez, he added his up uh, as well. He's, you know, keeping it going and t- uh, trying to be the tackle leader of the Giants, or I think he is the tackle leader of the Giants with nine. And our boy, Isaac Yadam with eight. We don't even need to get into him. Alex tweeted it out that, uh, he was playing as a number two cornerback role. Um, it was disgusting to watch him like it is every single game. He's not good. He made one good play. One good play. One. That's it. James Bradbury had it earlier. Basically the same play. He tracked the ball. He moved his hand in front. He knocked it down out of bounds. Good for you, Isaac Yadam. That's a one good play you have made this season. I think that's, that wraps it up. Yeah? Yeah. 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 Go follow us on Twitter at the Giant Take Pod. Go follow us on Instagram at the Giant Take. Go follow us on Facebook at the Giant Take. And then tag us, uh, you know, share your pod, share the podcast on social medias and then tag us at any of those. Um, so we know you did so. Also go on Twitter, go follow at Talking Blues Pod, Chelsea Podcast that um, I do with Alex and also our friend Peter, who was on. If you want to even go back, that's like early episodes, maybe three and five or something like that. Um, but yeah, let's stick to Giants here. And let's see, let's see, let's see. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe. Drop a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you're able to drop a rating and review. Go ahead and give us five stars there. Um, I can't think of anything else that I normally like to say. Um, Alex will go into our website. TheGiantTake.com. We have our episodes up there. We have um, blog posts. We have You can subscribe to our newsletter. 
Um, and that's at the bottom of the homepage. You can click support the podcast and that'll take you to our Patreon, patreon.com slash the giant take. And there there's a $2 tier with fan requests, um, private community and a shout out on the podcast. Couldn't think of it for a second there. Um, and I believe that's a wrap besides, um, that. Yeah. So we're good for episode number 56, 56 episodes. That's crazy. I'm going to say that every single time, but whatever. Um, getting close to 60. Yeah. And I just want to give an update here. Um, we're, you know, this is a later episode here on this, uh, Tuesday election day. Um, we're still planning on releasing our episode on Thursday so we can, you know, go into our week nine NFL picks. Wow. And then also preview the Giants game against the Washington football club, uh, or the Washington football team, whatever you want to say. Um, and we'll, we'll have a guest there for that episode. But yeah, so I just wanted to give an update on that uh, because instead of it being a three-day difference, it's only two days. But, you know, we're going to put out our giant take content out. Uh, and then one more thing um, is that a blog post should be uploaded to thegianttake.com very soon. That'll come from Alex. Um, you'll probably see it sometime early next week, maybe. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. So anyway, one more thing that I wanted to get in there. Thank you for listening to episode number 56 of the Giant Take Podcast. I've been your host, Alex, always joined by Josh, and we'll see you next time. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.